What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on our news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 160, a lot of NFL today, a little bit of baseball, or uh, uh, not necessarily going on in baseball, because nothing's going on in baseball because millionaires are arguing, but a little story about somebody I know that will tell you just how damaging this lockout could be to the game. Uh, of course, I know Ben being a college football aficionado will like to congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs on winning the 2021 or 22, however they score that, because the season goes from year to year. National championship regardless, so congratulations to them. Uh, and we have some NFL firings, and we will make our picks and review Banker Tank now that the regular season is over. To start, I texted you this, uh, I think it was last week. I lose track of time. There's, I have no concept of time ever since all this COVID nonsense started. Uh, I think it's yesterday, and it was like four weeks ago, so who knows. I'm in a, uh, as you know, a keeper league. I've been in about 10 or 11 years now. I love it. It's highly competitive. Uh, baseball keeper league, I should clarify. Uh, highly competitive. 10, 10 team. All the guys in it are super knowledgeable. You can't get anything by them. Really competitive. Proud to say I've won three championships and had other finishes in the money. So we get an email from the commissioner who is a diehard, and I mean diehard baseball fan. Like, I defended them when we did, did our sport court last year, uh, and this guy would have run circles around me defending them. He just loves baseball, loves it. Send us an email saying, if the season starts on time, we're going to have our draft one week prior to the season beginning. If it does not, and it's within 30 days of the scheduled season start currently, we will have it. One week ahead of time, providing we have enough notice uh, to whenever they said the season will begin. If it's more than 30 days past the start of the regular season, he's disbanding the league and he never wants to watch anything baseball related ever again. Serious. We're talking a diehard lifelong fan here. It's in his blood. Guy's like in his 50s. And very reasonable man, by the way. Not, not somebody to just jump the gun. And go flying up the handle on anything. Very, very reasonable, low, low-key, even keel guy, who is so disgusted with the way these bitchy little millionaires are acting, he is ready to just wash his hands of something he has loved since he was a child. If they're gonna do that to the diehard fan who's put up with all their nonsense over the past couple decades, not only can they not bring more fans in, but they're not gonna keep anybody who is a fan under that level either. This league is in a lot of trouble, and it's just, they have only have themselves to blame. So, I just wanted to share that, uh, because we haven't talked baseball in a while, and they're not doing anything to uh, to uh, give us anything to talk about. So, I figured I would share that story, because when we say Rob Manfred could be the last commissioner why this league is still relevant, by... You know, fantasy baseball commissioner is not the only one of the diehards left who feels that way. And this league, MLB, is chasing away the people that allow them to be bitchy little millionaires. So, don't know where else to go with that. Just wanted to share that so people think, you know, don't think we're just exaggerating every time we say something like, oh, this league's in trouble. Uh, no, it's, 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 not, it's not a farce. It's not, <laughs> we're not making it up. This is real. People are really getting driven away from this league in droves. And um, 
it, it's sad to see. So, uh, anything on there, or you want to just move on? No, I think you. I, I, yeah. I've beaten up baseball enough, and you've making every point that I would make. All right. So we're gonna. It's gonna be a little bit of a quicker episode. Number one, several reasons. Uh, one, we get better download numbers when it's a little bit shorter. Uh, two, uh, Ben Ben is struggling through it, but he's not feeling so hot today. So he's he's doing his best to put out a show for you guys. So definitely appreciate that. And um, and three, we're both kind of on a time crunch, anyways. So it it works. We wanted to get something out for you reasonably on time. So yeah. do you want to go with the coaches first or? the playoffs and pick them first i think we should just get the coaches out of the way okay that's there's a lot so we have five i believe i don't think i missed any um it should have only been four at most uh we're gonna go through them real quick uh i believe uh the broncos fired vic fangio before the season actually even ended they fired him after sunday's game i'm pretty sure he was the one no i think it was saturday uh it was after Oh, it's no, like they, they played night. Saturday. They fired him Sunday. That's yeah. right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not the most egregious coach out there, but he hadn't really done anything to elevate this team or make it better. It's been a couple of years. Not really a huge shock there. Uh, Matt and Aggie with the Bears. Uh, I mean, nothing personal against the guy. We've done nothing but all the dogging I've done on him has not been on a personal level. I can say that for myself. It's been on a wow, you're really not making good play calls and using your personnel to the, the, the to their maximum ability. Not a personal thing. Um, but he was fired. Uh, because let's be clear, players like Matt Nagy, he was not a bad guy. This wasn't, wasn't an Urban Meyer situation where he was just a miserable asshole. Like, Matt Nagy seems like a good dude who just wasn't the right fit for that team. Uh, Vikings fired Mike Zimmer. Um, let's be honest, that Vikings team, the record should be a lot better than it is. They have two elite receivers, one of the most elite backs in the game, a decent line, a quarterback who isn't worth the money but is not the worst in the league by far, uh, and they just can't seem to get over that hump of around 500. So, unfortunately, when that's the case, you got to go. Giants <laughs> fired Joe Judge on Tuesday after saying for several days they were going to retain him Apparently, they woke up from whatever dream they were in where he was competent and decided to let him go. Um, he was terrible, and he did nothing but drag that team down and make them look stupid in the media because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. So, good luck with that. I hope he does not come back to the Patriots because uh, <laughs> that's where he came from, and I don't want him back. And then there's this one. I, for the life of me, cannot figure this one out. I don't get it. Uh, neither do I. When you texted me, I thought you were messing with me, and I had to do a double take and looked it up real quick, and I could not believe what I saw. The Dolphins fired Brian Flores. If you want to know why a franchise cannot get out of the sewer they were in for more than a season or two, just look at what the Miami Dolphins just did, and that's why. They have struggled to get a decent coach in there. They've struggled to get any kind of consistency out of that team for more than a season or two, and more than a season, actually. Even a year, a couple of years back when they won the division, the following year, they were miserable again. And they finally get a guy with Brian Flores who went in there and cleaned house of players who did not want to be there. Got rid of a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, year or two. 
because he did not want to be part of what they were trying to instill. Why? I don't know. That's up to Minka Fitzpatrick. That's for him to describe. I have no idea. So they let him go. Traded him to Pittsburgh. He's doing fine, whatever, no big deal. Dolphins get a bunch of free agents. Some work, some don't. They're better year two. They have a lot of injuries early on this year. And then they get those players back and they start winning. And they get to winning to the point where after losing seven straight, they won seven straight and damn near made the playoffs. Beat the Patriots twice. Look, that first one in Foxborough, I was at that game. That was a fluke win. That was a fluke win because the Patriots shot themselves in the foot over and over again. That game yeah. on Sunday, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. The Patriots were not the better team that day. They did not shoot themselves in the foot. The Dolphins beat them. And then they fire Brian Flores the following day. And when the only explanation I've heard from the Dolphins organization is there is a clash of styles between Brian Flores and your GM. That GM's been there 21 years. He has not won a damn thing in 21 years. You think maybe you got to tell him to sit down and shut up and let Flores do his thing for at least another year. Look, if year four he comes out and he falls flat on his face, okay, I can understand maybe then. This guy did nothing but work with what he had, which when he started was not much, to build a respectable team to go out there and compete to build solid foundations on offense, defense, and special teams. And he was doing just that. And now, start over. This is why teams do not allow themselves to remain competitive consistently because they make stupid decisions year after year. See the New York Jets. See the New York Giants. See, oh, I don't know, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the Dolphins are slightly better record-wise than those teams. But are they really a threat? No. They're starting to feel like they were with Flores. There is a prevailing theory. um, And the owner has, I guess, come out and said and denied it. But uh, Stephen Ross has ties to Michigan. By default, has ties to Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Sort of prevailing theory that Jim Jim Harbaugh wow. may be looking at the uh, the pro game again. Now Stephen Ross denies that he's looking at Jim Harbaugh. He wants them to stay at Michigan. He wants them to keep building a program in Michigan. Blah blah blah. It could just be Jim Harbaugh wanting to get courted, but I've seen enough to where there's there's got to be some smoke because oh yeah. There's a lot of uh, Jim Harbaugh to the pros because there's a lot of positions open, but Stephen Ross, there's a connection there. And if he feels like Jim Harbaugh wants to come back to the pros, it's like this might work out for him. And we just blow out Brian Flores to bring him in. And I think it's a mistake. Oh, totally. Because you have a team, you have players in place that are, in a system that Brian Flores built. And now you have to redo that again. And that's going to set the team back. Am I mistaken? And you're better way more. I mean, you forgot more about college football today than I knew my entire life to begin with. Let's be real. Um, Is there, I can only think of one success story with a college coach who came into the pros, didn't have overwhelming success, went back to college 
then came back to the pros and was successful, and that's Pete Carroll. So, like, back and forth? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to sit Oh, down. yeah, I'm just saying, top of my head. Uh, top of my head. My head. Uh, you know, he's coached for the Patriots. Didn't do great. You know, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't the perfect fit for that team. Uh, and I, th- I'd, I dare say, for both the Patriots franchise and Pete Carroll, them letting him go worked out pretty well for both sides. Uh, he goes to USC, has great success there, and then yeah. moves on to the Seattle Seahawks, where, yeah, this year wasn't great for him, but he's had a lot of success throughout his tenure there, including a Super Bowl championship and other appearances as well. So, I mean, Harbaugh, yeah, he took he was the coach when the night, yeah, because it was a Harbaugh Bowl when the Niners and, and yeah. Ravens played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he had a very very talented team around him when he got there. Uh, and then he hasn't really done, with the exception of this year, and I'm talking to one of the world's biggest Michigan fans here, it's done a whole lot of Michigan to impress them. Uh, and now you're going to let go of a guy who put a system in place with players who believed in him. Over the last three seasons, you built a solid foundation. You're going to let him go to potentially bring in a guy who's probably a 500 coach at best. And they went 7-1 to the last eight games of the season. And they, I mean... Less, they're, they're, they were on the cusp of just taking that next step. Yep. I believe. Like, I understand what, what the organization looks at. It's, okay, we have to look at the Buffalo Bills. We have to look at the New England Patriots. It's like, they're building something. They're not going away. We don't think. Now, let's be real. Josh Allen gets injured game one, game two of next year. Buffalo Bills are pretty much probably screwed. Uh, and same with New England Patriots. They lose Mac Jones. Like there's problems in New England if that happens. So there is opportunity. Sure. And and but if you go with that mindset, then the Bengals would never you know have developed. So because they, they're always staring up at the the Ravens, the Steelers, and obviously the before this season, before this season and last season, you know the, the Browns were like this glamorous team that were starting on the rise and then the Bengals just come in and yep we got joe burrow we got t higgins we have we have um Jamar chase boom won the division so it is possible they were starting to do things installing this new style offense that to a played at, at that is similar to uh, how he played in, in um, alabama so it's not like you can't develop this team and then usurp one of the other ones as the other the division uh, winner, it's just you have to put that effort in. And if you don't put that effort yeah. in, which is what they, what they don't want to do, they don't want to put that effort in. This clash of, of, of opinion on how the organization like, – I, I think you're, you're 100% correct on that. 20 years, the guy's been there 20 years, and, and you're taking his side? Yeah. That there's, there's, there's a distinct issue with that, in, in my opinion. The guy's the GM, so – he, sh- he shouldn't be the end-all, be-all at this point after 20 years of drafting the hot garbage that we've seen because yeah. we've seen it firsthand. Everything that's been coming up, and I get it. Belichick doesn't have a winning record against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. That's fine. We, got, we went 0-2 this year against the Dolphins. We're in the playoffs. They're not. Yeah, exactly. So, honestly, you know, clearly the GM has a little more influence on Stephen Ross than Brian Flores. So if I'm I'm Brian Flores, his his name is already attached to some of these other uh, coaching openings because 
they saw what he did. They saw how he handled himself. Even the Mika Fitzpatrick situation, he did that as clean and as professional as possible. Yep. And he made it so, okay, you want to go? Because we talked about this. You want to go? Okay, this is what we're going to do. Told him exactly what he wanted, they were going to do. They made it a place where he could go and succeed, and he went and succeeded. So, Brian, there is. Bears position's open. Oh, Giants that's, position's open. So I was going to say, what's the first thing I text you? The first thing oh, I Bears. text you after Bears. I said that, I said if I'm the Chicago Bears, Brian Flores is the first call I make. And guess what? Yep. Brian Flores has already been confirmed will have the first interview for Chicago Bears head coach. And that would and? be a mass a, that would be such a good fit. Like the Bears should send the Dolphins the world's biggest fruit basket if they end up hiring this guy because that is going to be very very good for if you're a Bears fan, be excited about that hire if it happens. And the guy that took over for Nick Casario in New England as the vice president, I don't remember his name. I saw the tweet. Uh, he has been asked uh, for permission to uh, be interviewed for the GM position for Chicago. There you go. They are – Brian Flores was in New England for, I think it was like 15 years. Yeah, a while. They know each other. Let's just put it that way. So th- Brian Flores is not going to be one of these retreads that have to go back and be an o- a DC no, or an no. OC. He's like, he's already going to be – and this is one of those failed fail jobs that doesn't seem like a fail job. It seems like it, I would not be surprised if Jim Harbaugh, by the end of by the by after the Super Bowl, that he isn't in position as the Miami Dolphins head coach. Well, but, I go about as good as Urban Meyer did in Jacksonville. So, right, and, and he wants he wants control because what was the issue in in uh, San Francisco? It was a power struggle but yep. between him and the GM. It's going to be the same thing, unless you're Bill Belichick and have that kind of clout, position, and power. Anyone who tries to slip in and have that kind of control, unless you succeed right away, it's not going to work out. There is one position, one one opening that we didn't discuss yet. I didn't know if we uh, wanted to dig into that. Sure, we got uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I think we're on the same page in this one. I think he saddled himself to Kirk Cousins, and yeah. that was kind of yeah. his, and his undoing. It's, yep. it's just, and and he, the thing is, he got through that one, and then they, uh, him and Rick Spielman, because remember, Spielman got fired too. Yep. They got through that one guaranteed contract, and then they compounded that issue by giving him another one. Yep. And you couldn't see the writing on the walls that he's not good enough. Like he's good enough to get you there, but he's not good enough to. He'll put up stats, but he's just there's something about Kirk Cousins that's just he's not gonna Baker Mayfield. He's Derek Carr. Like he's good enough to be good enough, but he's not gonna get you over the hump. He's not gonna show flashes and get you anywhere special. I'm, I'm, it's not he has, he's had prolific receivers too. And and excellent running back. And yet so I mean, I feel bad for Mike Zimmer, but you know, you guys saddle you guys saddled yourself to Kirk Cousins, and that's your undoing. And if I'm the GM and head coach, when I come in, I'm like, okay, whatever hit we have to take, we need to move on from this guy. Yeah. And if it's Kellen Mond or you are going to try to get the Sean, obviously they can't get um, Aaron Rodgers, but you get Deshaun or you try to get Russell Wilson, it's like, okay. Or go with Kellen Mond and draft uh, – in the second round or third round, a quarterback, but your first, your first 
priority is get him out of town. You have the receivers. You have the running back. Yep. Get a get a guy in there with some game breaking talent. Well, we're gonna go over because I don't I don't see too much. Usually doesn't happen until right after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these spots might get filled. Um, but I, I we'll, we'll go over it next week. I think next week is good. We can, you know, kind of go over and see, review this and see if anything has changed. Um, you know, names always come out of the woodwork like crazy. So there's really no sense in guessing who's going to end up where. Uh, I, I do believe Brian Flores ends up in Chicago, and I think that's a great fit. Yeah, he I think he has the perfect demeanor for that added that team. Um But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see where these teams go, especially because if the Dolphins take Harbaugh, I think they're regressing. They're they're not doing themselves any favors and no. uh Brian Flores deserved better than what he got out of Miami. Um and I think those players those players did as well. Rather than putting their faith in the coach, they really they believed in and and playing their ass off for him, despite a lot of injuries and a pretty pretty tough division as it ended up being. Honestly, surprisingly, um, you know, not the NFC West tough, but you know, hmm. tougher than people thought it would be. And um, yeah, it's a shame, but I think only good things I had for Brian Flores. So, too bad for the Dolphins. All right, and with that, the NFL playoffs are set. The Chargerless NFL playoffs are set. And why do I say that? Because oh, they, they, they time-outed themselves into not being in the playoffs. Uh, for the, Real quick, before we just do the picks, I, I can't I can't not talk about this. I mean, who hasn't talked about uh, it? Yeah, Brandon Staley. Dude, you got to feel like a dumbass. I'm sorry. Like, you're probably a, a very nice person. I have no idea. Uh, but holy crap, man. First of all, in the third quarter, you're, you're, you're down by, like, it's like three or They're down by one score in the third quarter. And they're, you know, it's it's a back and forth game, whatever, it's fine. And it's fourth and three on like the eighteen yard line, your eighteen yard line. And you go for it. And you don't get it. And the Raiders end up getting a field goal out of it. So there's one way to keep your team out of the playoffs. The second was this odd scenario that everyone was joking about all week, where if the the tight the, the, excuse me the Texans beat Texans Jaguars Jaguars beat the Colts which happened which happened <laughs> and the Steelers beat the Ravens which happened then if the Chargers and Raiders tied they would both get the last two they would both get in the playoffs the last two spots in the AFC so when did you know it the Colts end up choking like the Colts only the Colts can do uh, just ask Pat McAfee. You saw um, that? Oh, that was, that was cool. I, 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 I have a hard time watching his show. I, I enjoy him a lot, but there's just so much inside and like constant interruption from everybody. It, it, it throws me off. Um, but when he go, when he goes though, oh, I enjoy I enjoy him. I don't dislike anybody on the show. It's just it's I, I need a little bit more like formality to it. But yeah. that's just me. Um, <laughs> and then the Steelers beat the Ravens. Uh. They get their spot as long as the Chargers and Raiders do not tie. So craziness would have it. We have this really entertaining back-and-forth game, really good way to end the regular season, really entertaining back-and-forth game, goes into overtime, and both teams kick a field goal. 
I believe. Yes. Both teams kick the field goal. <laughs> and then the Raiders get the ball back. And it's down to like 38, 40 seconds, somewhere around there. A couple seconds left on the play clock. They are not in a hurry at all. They looked absolutely content to just take a knee, end in a tie, and have both teams go on the playoffs. If you could, like, obviously they can't say this, and they can't just tell people on the other team, hey, just chill, we're good, we're both going, it's fine. Because then there's all sorts of other problems and sportsmanship issues, and, and people would be all butthurt for some reason. But if you could, like, body language, st- have the body language in whatever way, to tell the other team, just relax, we're not trying to run a play. It would have been exactly what happened. And wouldn't you know it, the Chargers go all Chargers and find a way to not get further in the season. Despite a great performance from Justin Herbert, who is going to be just fine, the kid's a star. Yeah. They call a timeout. And you could almost feel the like the tension build in the building. Like, oh, you idiots are going to do that? Screw it. Now we're going for it. Right. The next play, they run like a 10-yard run, get a first down, field goal range, kick a field goal. They're in the postseason. Chargers go home. And I think it was after the game, supposedly, uh, Austin Eckler uh, went up to one of the uh, Raiders defenders, and he's like, hey, were you guys going to take a knee? And supposedly, he said, yeah, we weren't We were running another play. We were done. We were, gonna, we were just going to let the clock run out. So, interesting. Uh, and, and, and Brandon Staley's, you know, defense was, Hey, you know, we had to get in the right defensive formation to which I would say they ran a play. No, 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 no. Here's the funny thing, Chris, cause I, I, I didn't watch the game, but I, I heard a lot about this when they called to timeout, they had a, I think a base formation in, uh, they removed a linebacker and inserted a defensive back. Yeah. So, so it, you can say what you want, but you, you, you did not help yourself. No. In that situation. And the Chargers were in, uh, excuse me, the Raiders were in kind of like a half ass two minute drill. And so they had to call the timeout to get in the right defensive formation. But, there was only three seconds left on the play clock, which means 37 seconds had already run off in between plays. And they, in this no-huddle, two-minute drill-style offense or yeah. defense, weren't prepared? There's a lot of problems to unpack there in and of itself. But And, and they wanted to get rid of Anthony. They got rid of Anthony Lynn for Brandon Staley. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So congratulations on that because you're stupid. Uh, okay. Anyways, the rest of the playoffs. So the teams that actually made it and didn't blow it and choke it away. Yep. Uh, obviously, the Packers and Titans, who, if you get Derrick Henry back, are just going to be ridiculously dangerous, uh, are on by. They're not playing this weekend. Yep. Uh, so I have here. Do I do picks first or award picks first? Oh, you know, Banker Tank first. I'll answer okay. my own question. All right. For the second year in a row, maybe the third, I don't have two years ago scores. I. Despite being down early on to you, you charged away your victory. Yep, you. And uh, I ended up winning Banker Tank for the season, 58 and 50 total record, 43 and 49 for yours yourself. And mom, number one fan of the show, Tammy, had 47 and 49. She started out 
having a really rough time of it and came back and almost got to 500. So hats off. And you and I were both above 500. So, you know, I think that's pretty solid over the course of an entire season. That's one that we can say for most of the teams in the league. Um, yeah, so that's that, that's fun. Uh, we don't actually play for anything other than bragging rights and Ben's an everlasting misery. Yes. Uh, so, in my little magical spreadsheet here, we have our award picks. Uh, I'm going to run through mine real quick. Then we'll run to yours yeah. to see if you want to make Go any ahead. changes. All right. MVP, preseason, I had Justin Herbert. <laughs> Week 8, I jinxed Derrick Henry. And unfortunately, now, um, I have a feeling it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, offensive Player of the Year, I had Nick Chubb. Week 8, again, jinxed Derrick Henry. Uh, and I believe it'll be Jonathan Taylor now at the end of the season. Defensive Player of the Year, I said T.J. Watt. I stuck with T.J. Watt. I'm sticking with T.J. Watt. This is the year he should he'd get his first, although it really should be his third. But if it's not T.J. Watt, there's a conspiracy against him, and I want answers. That's fair. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, I had Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I switched to Jamar Chase Week 8. And uh, as good as Jamar was, there were several weeks he didn't really do much. Uh, as is the case with my pick, Mac Jones. Uh, but I think he had fewer situations. And he just... Quarterbacks are always going to get more credit for the team. That's just how it goes. So because of that, if all on equal footing, it would probably be Jamar Chase, but it's going to be Mac Jones. Defensive Rookie of the Year. I started with Quiddy Pay. Uh, went with Michael Parson week eight, and I am sticking with Michael Parson without a doubt. Coach of the year, week eight, I went Zach Taylor. I'm sticking with Zach Taylor. And comeback player of the year, started with Dak, sticking with Dak. Um, although it is tough because I see your choice here, and that is very likely as well. All right, Ben, preseason mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, week eight Patrick Mahomes, end of the season, who's your MVP? I'm going to stick with Patrick Mahomes. Stick with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. Offensive player of the year. Started with Josh Allen. Week eight, stuck with Josh Allen. Who you got now? I'm actually going to switch to, to the one you picked, John. JT, all right. I think, it's, I think it's almost a slam dunk for him to get it. Defensive player of the year. Started Miles Garrett. Stuck with Miles Garrett. What do you say now? I, I tried to... I try to stay on my own. I try to stay with my pick, but Miles Garrett fell off. So I don't think there's really any other pick to choose other than TJ Watt. Just for reference, uh, I know you're an intelligent person, so I actually already filled in TJ Watt before you said it. Yeah. There's, there's no, you, you, and for, for, for everyone's record, he tied Michael Strahan. He did not set the record. I, I've seen a lot on Twitter and, in uh, different news places that said set the record, like no, he no, he tied, tied it. Uh, and, and I also want people to get off the whole. Well, he did it in eighteen games um, or seventeen we, we, games. Yeah, no, he did not because he missed two games and only played parts of like four others. So not enough. And we went over this last week. It's like after five years, you're all everyone's going to forget about it and and just concede that it's. The new, the new record. Just yeah. What when Randy Moss had the touchdown record, it was oh two more games than Jerry Rice, and that was when it happened back in 07, and now nobody mentions it anymore. It's just Moss is the record cares. holder. Nobody right. cares. Yeah. So move on. Offensive um, rookie of the year. You were on the Mac Jones train early. You stuck with Mac Jones. You're sticking keep it with going. Him. There you go. Yeah. All right. I'm trying. I'm trying to own these picks, and I, I think I'm I'm gonna do good this year. Hey, you tried, and then certain guys fell off, and you can't. You know. Yeah. 
Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year. You started with Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa, mm. and you went with Asante Samuel Week Eight. Who are you going with now? I don't. I. It's gonna be Mika Parsons. Like he's just been. He's out in front, and he's just been so dynamic. So there's not yeah. much else to say. I tried, but. Yeah. Coach of the year, you had Belichick. Both. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna stick with Belichick. I, um, I know. Yeah, we, yeah, we only did these. We only did the last two uh, on, yeah. from week eight on. So yeah. And then uh, uh, comeback player of the year, you had Joey B. I'm gonna stick with him. I, it's so tough, him, man. Bro. It's it's him or Dak, and it's a coin flip. It's so tough. I think just because he took the Bengals to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean. Both guys deserve it. He had two major injuries and two awesome comebacks and great seasons. Yeah. So whoever wins it, hats off. Yeah. All right. Now we have our uh, our, our 2021 uh, NFL pick them. And what we're going to do, mm-hmm. and I described this last week a little bit, and it, it it wasn't great towards the end of the show. And it was I was kind of running out of steam, honestly, and it wasn't really a great explanation. So what it's going to be is every week we're going to – Make our picks, and obviously I have a spreadsheet here that have our, our, our picks recorded. Mm-hmm. And anybody else who would like to do so, uh, we will put a uh, we'll put a post up on on Facebook with our picks. And if you leave your underneath the comments, you leave your picks for the same games. We will add them to the spreadsheet and keep track of everybody. That way we know. Okay, so if you get a team correct, you get a point. So say. Uh, the Patriots beat the Bills and the Chiefs beat the Steelers and then you picked the Patriots and the Chiefs to both win. Okay. Uh, they're playing, say they're playing each other the following week. Well, you have two possibilities there to, to continue your, your streak going to kind of roll it over. So then you make your pick. So you pick the Chiefs. The Chiefs win. You then get two points. Because you picked them twice in a row, kind of like a multiplier. Yeah. The Patriots win, even though you picked them the week before. You, you didn't pick them for this. You kind of don't get any points at all. Yeah. Um, thing is, you can keep making points different weeks, or picks different weeks, and you'll get a, if your streak ends, like say you picked the uh, the Bills there, or the, me, the the Chiefs there, and the Pats won. The following yeah. you can you can pick the Pats again if you want to, but you only get one point for that. Because you stopped picking them, there was an interruption, and you're picking them. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, anybody who isn't sure can can feel free to, if you know Ben or I personally, just text us or inbox us and message. Let us know uh, if you have any questions. We'll be happy to answer them. Um, I try to explain that, but I am way better at showing than I am like verbally explaining things. So, all right, we're gonna go through our picks. We have the. L.A. Raiders, who banished the Chargers in their bad decision-making, versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals on this one. I as well took the Bengals. I think they are way, way, way too hot right now. To I'm, I'm just glad the Patriots didn't have to play them week one, honestly, or wild card round. Uh, the Patriots and the Bills. I'm taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots, too. Uh, it's going to be close. I'm hoping uh, it's, it's about three feet of snow and 45-mile-an-hour winds in Buffalo. So we have a game just like we did last time against the Bills. The reports are it's going to be zero degrees. In Buffalo. Well, the cold won't affect either team, honestly. Nah. Uh, but if the bad conditions, the running game certainly favors the Pats. Um, 
Chiefs and Steelers. Or excuse me, Steelers at Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. I, I want Chiefs, too. I mean, it. <laughs> they fixed their problems, and the Steelers are not an offensive juggernaut. Well, someone tweet, uh, someone messaged out on Facebook earlier today. It's like, everyone's welcome to – it was a nice little post. Everyone's welcome to uh, Ben Roethlisberger's retirement party on uh, whenever the game was. I thought yeah. it was cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, just be wary. We did the same thing for Peyton Manning as Patriots fans, and it bit us in the ass. So <sighs> you don't want, to, don't want to jinx yourself. If Ben goes out on 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 Sunday and and it's a Sunday game, I believe yeah, it's Sunday game. If he yeah. goes out on Sunday and throws for three fifty and four touchdowns, and the Chiefs are sitting at home, it's not going to be that funny anymore. No, well, <laughs> well it will be to me because I'm not a fan of either team, so I really don't care. I'm but, good with it either way. Yeah, I really don't give a damn. So if I see a good football game, I'll be happy. Okay, now we have the NFC. We have the Eagles versus the Bucks. Uh, Bucks. This is where we differ, believe it or not. Ah, uh, because of what I said last week. Because of what you said last week against the, the the Eagles being able to unseat the Packers. Look, the Bucks are a great team, and if they're on, they're as good as anybody. This isn't any bitterness towards Brady. I'm over that. Um, he had a great season. I think he should win the MVP. Unfortunately, it'll go to everyone's favorite, you know, jackass Aaron Rodgers. Um, but the way the Eagles can run the ball and control the clock and then actually get in the end zone is very dangerous to a team that is not 100% that has been prone to a slow start. Their Bucks have had some games this year where they just do not look good. Every team has, so it's not a knock, but it's just if they end up – this is the kind of of opponent in the Eagles where if they end up – Bucks start off that way against this team and they get down 10 points, 14 points – it's going to be very hard for them to come back the way the Eagles can control the ball and the clock. So, and, and I'm staking with the bucks, but a better Washington football team quarterback last year. And we're not talking about the bucks in the Super Bowl and winning it. No, let's just remember that everyone because they, that game, that wildcard game with the Washington football team was close. Very close. Tyler, Tyler Haneke at the quarterback. So. That was Alex Smith starting. It may have been a different story. Maybe. 49ers versus them boys. Uh, what did I tell you? I think I told you. It's not, oh, it's, I told you Niners. Yeah. Yep. And I, I agree um, because it's the Cowboys and they have to prove they can do it in a big game when it counts. They've disappeared at times during a regular season. And uh, for as prolific as that offense was, there's other games they couldn't play their way yeah. out of way paper bag. So, um, Cardinals and Rams. I'm taking the Cardinals on this one. I'm taking the Cardinals too. Uh, pretty much for the same reason I took the Niners against the Cowboys. Uh, the Rams need to prove they can do it. And I know the Rams have. Oh, Matthew, more specifically. Matthew Stafford has not. Matthew Stafford yep. has never won. And I like Matthew Stafford. I'm not trying to dog him. It's just based on stats, not opinion. He has never won a game, a big game, a must-win game. First of all, he played in Detroit. They didn't have those. Yeah. Um, and he's just never been able to be a clutch in the moment player. He's never had to prove it. And in a few opportunities he's had, he has not shown brightly. So I got to see it before I believe it. I'm not rooting against him. I like the guy. Got a good story. You know, some of the stories came out about him and his family and stuff. They went through, man, I'm rooting for him. I'm pulling for the guy. I like him a lot. 
just strictly numbers, he's not proved he can do it. So I'm going Cardinals because when that offense is rolling and that defense is pressuring, that looks like an unbeatable team. Depends which version of the team shows up. Uh, and obviously, um, ooh, I know. <laughs> There's another matchup I forgot all about this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Common Sense. <laughs> Don't read an answer. Uh, I just wanted to take my dig at Aaron Rodgers because it's it's insane to me. Like uh, <laughs> for all the craziness Antonio Brown comes out with, yeah, uh, he, he he did make a very good point where it's like anything I do, you lose your mind over. Aaron Rodgers can come out and tell the media to shut up, and next thing I know, everyone else in the media is telling that media person to shut up. Right. Because the media does nothing but carry water for Aaron Rodgers because he must have pictures of all of them in compromising positions. That's the only reason I'm, I can think uh, of it. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you don't like that, we have several social media accounts, so come find me. Uh, anything else? Are you good? Uh, no, I'm all set, man. All right. It feels weird not doing Banker Tank, but that's going to do it for episode 160. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode or past episodes or anything sports related at all you'd like to ask ben or i where can you get in touch with us well you can hit us up on twitter that's at bcts pod facebook ben and chris talk sports the website bctspod.com or instagram ben underscore chris talk sports and if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast leave a rating and a review and then tell a friend about the show we greatly appreciate it till next time for ben i am chris please stay safe stay healthy we'll see you right back here next wednesday thank you Go Pats.